You would think after 3,000 years we would have this down pat, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to think that, or you know, since they, they came out with the law and, and especially the, two, the last 2,000 years since we've had the New Testament, you would think after 2,000 years that we would know, we, we would understand this, that we would, we, would under, we, we would have it all down, that it would all make sense to us. Um, you know, 2,000 years of study, you think would be, by this time, we would, we would be getting pretty close to, to having it right. But, you know, you think about, it. where are we now as a church and as a world? You know, as we talked about in Sunday school, we have, you know, we have just this week, you have the, 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 the woman who came and said, you know, that, that, that uh, as, as a pastor, that she will, She'll perform any marriage, and, and, and she'll come and be a part of any homosexual marriage. And, and, and there's no limit to this. And then you have the Baptist pastor who says, all homosexuals should be put to death. And yet, they claim to use the same word of God, you know, maybe a different translation, but still, you know, it's, it's I think, how are, we, how are we getting it so, how are we so far apart on this? How do we have these two extremes that are that are around us, and, and not just in this issue, but in so many issues? You know, how do we so what does it look like to live as a Christian? What does that mean for us? How do we live out this Christian life? How do we find what what this means for us today? As Paul is is writing to us and he's talking to us, what does that look like for us? In Romans 3, 21 through 23, as we read this and, and spend time in this passage, and Paul, as he's, as he's uh, encouraging us, encouraging our faith so that we may be mutually encouraged, um, how does this affect us and how does this change us? Romans 3, 21 through 23. But now, now, Paul says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, as I mentioned last week, the study in Romans has, has, has really impacted my understanding of the book and my understanding of many things, of, of different doctrines. You know, and it's right that it should. You know, as you study... The Bible, you're always, always, it should always be changing you. You know, you should always come away from a study, change somehow. To say it doesn't change you is to, come, is to think, well, I've got it all down. I know it all. I understand it completely. And we will never reach that point. You know, um, so, so, the, so this study has really changed my understanding of, of, of Romans and, and, and um, many, many different things. Um, and like I said, it, sometimes there are little changes and sometimes there are big ways, but, but really this should always be making differences, always be changing us. And last week I mentioned that my understanding of, of these last two chapters have been influenced and, and how you know, before I'd come to these chapters, I always thought, oh, we're talking about the world. We're talking about sin in the world and, and, and their sin. And, and then when we got to that passage about for all, for, for there's none righteous, no, not one. We're just talking about the world and them. And, and I've come to realize that, no, he's talking about everybody. 
that, 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 that none is righteous, no, not one, includes me in this. You know, I, I'm part of this. I, I'm a no one that is righteous. And, 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 you know, and it's so easy to talk about them and their sins and what they're doing. But I just, I'm, more, I'm more comfortable with that. I realize that Paul's talking about me and my sin. And I don't seek after God. If God doesn't do something, if God doesn't work, I'll never seek after Him. But this week, I think I've come to realize there's more important than subtle change. You know, all this time, we said over and over that the gospel, that, that Romans is about the gospel. And, and it is, and it certainly is. That the, that the gospel is the central theme of Romans. And we'll use that passage over and over, Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, and it is written, the righteousness by faith. But I think, I think this week, that it's not just on the gospel itself. This is not just some sort of a, of a study on the gospel out here as this, as this doctrine or faith. I think I've realized this week that the real study is the salvation that is produced by the gospel. So what does this gospel do to me? What does it, how does it change me? What does it mean that this salvation look like? When the gospel comes in and that salvation, how is that lived out in the world? And this is, this is Paul's focus. So how does, how does this gospel uh, affect how I live? What does it look like in a believer's life? How does the gospel change us? And as we said, Paul has been discussing sin throughout chapters 1 through 3. And if he hasn't convinced you that we all have a problem with sin, I don't know what else he can say, do you? You know, if, he, if, he, if you're not convinced by this time, by reading through Romans 1 and 2, and seeing he's writing to the church, and him talking about our sin, and how we fail to give God the glory, all of us, I don't know what else the man can say. I don't know how much plainer he can say this. And the biggest problem with, the, with, with sin is not the sin in the world, but my biggest problem with sin is sin in my life. And the sin, is talk, and the sin that Paul is talking about is not just the sin out there in the world, it's the sin in every single person, including every single person in the church. This is the sin. This is our issue. And that no one can boast before God. No one has the right. No one seeks after God on their own, and that includes us. And as we talked about last week, whatever the law is saying, as we read in verse 19 and 20, whatever the law is saying, what it's not saying, the law is not telling us how to appear righteous before God. The law does not teach us how to appear righteous before God. Doing the law would not make us righteous before God. It would not help us stand that way. And just as the very heart of sin is a failure to give God the glory He deserves, or as Paul said in chapter 1, we're exchanging the glory of God for, from the Creator to the creation, obedience to the law is also about giving God the glory He deserves. 
that when God told His people to dress a certain way, or to not gather, at the, not gather to the edge of the field, or to take a Sabbath year rest from planting or growing, then then the way that you should that or 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 growing, then the way that you should give God glory would be to obey Him or to acknowledge Him as God or to acknowledge that He knows the best. That this is what the law was teaching us. How do we give God glory in all we do? That this was the point and the focus of the law was God and His glory, not whether or not you ate milk or cheese with meat. And now think about this for just a second. What if you were a devout first century Jew? You're someone who, who, who really wanted to obey God. You really did. You, 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 you studied in the Hebrew school and, and, you, and you listened in, 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 at Sabbath and you were a devout first century Jew. And you read this. You had dedicated your life to actually following the law, doing exactly what the law says, obeying everything in the law to the very, very, very best of your ability, and you read this. And Paul had said, therefore by the works of the law in verse 20, that no human being will be justified in his sight. How would you feel? You've, you've given your life to doing this. And, and Paul says, by doing the works of the law, no human being will ever be justified. You know, and as Jack pointed out yesterday, this, this, is a, this is a legal term. And it would be the same thing as saying that by, by, by obeying the laws, no human being will ever be found not guilty. You're thinking, what? What? You mean if I do everything right, if I, if I follow all the laws, I still will be guilty? Yeah. What do you do? That's what Paul said. For by works of the law, no human being will ever be justified. No one will ever be pronounced not guilty in God's sight. I mean, this, was, this is shocking to a first century Jew and, and to us as well. Because we live in a society that wants rules to follow, don't we? We live in a society that wants to have rules. We want to know that... Just, just, just let me know what to do. Just let me have this rule or that rule. I just want to know what to do. Now, and, and you know, we want rules. So they make us feel comfortable. You know, we, we like that. We like to have a certain rule there. How close can I get to that edge and still be safe? You know, they, they, they did a study on that. People, people are more willing to walk closer to the edge if there's a fence there, aren't they? If you put a fence up around a, a cliff, people will walk up closer to it than if there's not one. If there's no fence there, they have a tendency to go, stay back over here and they'll look. And the, and the more secure they feel on that fence, the closer they will get to that edge because they want to look over the edge. It's our nature, it's our human nature. And just like it's real in the real world, it's also real when it comes to our walk in Christ. We're so bad. We want rules. We want edges. We want to put them up there. We want boundaries. But what does righteousness look like? 
Paul said that the law does not manifest God's righteousness, does not show God's righteousness, it exposes their sin. As we talked about last week. Instead, though, the righteousness of God is manifested, is shown apart from the law. It has been revealed and is being revealed not by the law, but by something else. First question we have to ask is, who has it been manifested to? It has been and it is being, re- being manifest to the whole world. God said, he's saying that the, the, the righteousness of God is, is manifested to the whole world. As Paul wrote in verse 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth will be stopped and the whole world will be held accountable. He, and, he started, he, and he started this in verse 19, that this is applicable to the whole world. This manifestation is applicable to the whole world. That, all, that, that God has manifested His righteousness to the whole world, to everyone. And, and so we need to understand that, that, that this is a, a, an application to everyone in all times. So don't think we're just, it's limited only in the life of Christ. That's, that's the perfect picture of it, but this manifestation is beyond that. And when we hear about God's righteousness, you know, what, what, what does that mean to us? You know, I think sometimes when we hear something like the righteousness of God, we want to think of it sort of, we have a tendency to think of it kind of like as the Shekinah glory of God. This kind of a huge kind of light or cloud that just sort of comes in and sets in there and it's this nebulous sort of hard to get a hold of cloud. But, but and, and so it's, I think when we do that, it allows us to just sort of skip over it and just sort of say, well, it's just all, it's just the righteousness of God. Yeah, we don't really understand it. It's just the righteousness of God to manifest. And, 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 but I think there's, there's more to this. When we think about the righteousness of God, it is the rightness. I knew it was going to fall. It will stay on. Just keep going further and further out. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so when we, um, it is the rightness of God. It includes the right way. And, and, and it's not exhaustive, but it includes the right way to do things, the right way to think, the right way to believe, the right way to, 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 to view the world, the right way to see things. It, 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 is, it is the rightness of God as well as other things. It, it is this understanding that God is right. Paul saying it's not, it's not just done to doing the law. Because even doing the law would not display the rightness of God. But the rightness of God has been displayed, has been manifested, has been revealed to the world. And in Christ, and it is being, it is being revealed. And where has it been revealed? Paul says, I'm going to tell you, but he gives his hint. He'll, he'll, he'll get there. He said, the law and the prophets bear witness to it. They pointed to it, to this manifestation of God's righteousness. It's not new. It's not plan B. It's not like God was saying, well, I tried to get them to understand the, the law. I tried to use the law to do this, but that, but that really didn't work. So I'm going to go to plan B. 
He said, no. This has always been the plan. It was never God's intention for the law to produce righteousness of God in the lives of men and women. That has never been the plan of God. It has never been about, about us following a bunch of laws. And this will display God's righteousness. This will manifest God's righteousness. No, there's, there's, he said the righteousness is revealed. Not through the law. This is not what we're talking about. Not through obeying the rules. Not through doing these works. Then how is this rightness? How is this, this, this understanding that God is right? How does this look like? How is this being manifest? It was manifest in Christ. And Paul says, through, through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Or, in the Greek it would say, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who face, who have faith. Through faith for all who have faith. And as I said, Paul's been writing to the church, and he's already identified over and over as his description of the church. He spoke of their faith. In verse 5, chapter 1, verse 5, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake among the nations. Verse 8, first I thank my God, Jesus Christ, for all of you, because of your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Verse 12, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Paul is saying that the righteousness of God is manifested through faith in Jesus Christ for all who have faith, or for all of you. That, God, that God's righteousness is manifested to the world through faith by us. By we who have faith. This is how God is manifesting His righteousness every day around us. All who believe are, are called to manifest God's rightness in the world through faith, not through the rules, not through laws, not through keeping rules. I feel like in a lot of ways this is, this is somewhat... Um, it feels kind of incomplete, and I warn you right now that when we get to the end of this, it will be incomplete. In that, not that, not that I won't come to the conclusion of the sermon, but at the same time. So, how does this look like? What's this mean for us as believers? What's it going to look like for us to live out a faith walk in the world? It's, there's, there's so much in this. And, and, and it, is a, it is a constant, ongoing discussion. As we said, in 2,000 years, we're still studying this book. We're still trying to understand it because, in some respects, we're still applying it to our culture and our world around us. And, and these truths, what does this look like? What does this mean for us? What does it look like to be a 21st century Christian in America? Well, it means faithful. It means a faith walking. It means this manifestation of the rightness of God. It's manifestation that God is right, and everything that God has is right and good and the best, and a belief and an understanding of that. But what does that mean? 
we show the world that we believe that God knows the very best for us and that God has the very best plan for us by the way we live. Through faith. See, and we're following the man, not looking for the edges. It's about walking after God. It's about trusting God that this is the best. That you know what, what where He is and what He's going. This is the best plan. And it's not about looking over here for the edge and trying to look off the edge and see what's over there, because that's I don't believe that's as good as that is. And we're manifesting God's rightness, His righteousness to the world in this. Comes the question, do we trust God? Do we trust God? Do we really believe that God has the very best plan for our life? I think the church is really struggling with, with the law and salvation. And I say we don't understand salvation, but we struggle with what the salvation looks like in the church. We struggle with where and, and how, does, how does legalism and license and how these things look? What does this mean for us as believers? We, we're struggling with this, of living this out. In the church right now, it, it, if, if we could, in America, we take step back and take a snapshot of the church we would just see splatters everywhere. We struggle with questions about where are the boundaries for Christianity? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it even look like? And, and I hope that, that you feel this struggle as, as, a, as an individual, as a church, as, 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 as a body, as a member of the body. Are you struggling? What is that? How does this fit us? Because I think it's, I think we're really, um, we're seeing this struggle. And and as as believers, we're commanded to witness to the world. And he said, "By this, all men should know you're my disciples by the way you have love one for another." And we're, and, and I look at, I'm looking at at, at this. This, this, what does this mean for us? How do we have wisdom? You know, there's a thought that since we're no, under, no longer under the law, then we are lawless. We can do whatever we want to. But while it's true we're no, one, no longer follow the law, we are to be following Christ. I remember a young man who we uh, was talking to once, and he said, just, just tell me what to do. I mean, he was very sincere. He said, I just, I just want somebody to tell me what to do. And we're saying, what? we're following Christ. No, no. He said, just let me know. Just tell me what to do. And he just wanted rules. You want somebody to come out and just tell him, okay, you do this, and you do this, and you do this. Whew, all right, got it. Instead, we're trying to say, no, you're to follow Christ. You're to listen to Christ. You're to, you're to, 
You're to, if my, if my passion is to follow Christ, if I really believe that Christ is right and my passion is to follow Him, my passion is, there's the righteousness right there. It's right there. It's, it's in Him. I don't have to worry about the edges. I don't have to worry about the boundaries. Instead, though, we're so, we so much want to set up the boundary to say, okay, if you've stepped over here, you're outside the church now. When the reality is, if you don't believe that this is the righteousness of God, that the righteousness of God is seen in Christ, in Christ alone, you already have problems. Forget about what you're doing. It's not a question of what you're doing or not doing. If you're struck, if, it, if you're not here, if you're not, if you don't believe that that Christ is the righteousness of God, that this is right, and that what Christ teaches is the best, and this is the way to joy and happiness, this is the way to sustain life. This is where your problem is, not on what did I wear or not wear today. This is where the manifestation of righteousness of God is. This is where this is where we're to be walking after. God, help me, help me live out this. Help me believe that what you said in your word, what you said, this is the right, this is best. This is my prayer. That we come to and say, God, I want to believe that that I, I want to believe that you're right. That that, that 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 whatever you say, whatever you do, that is right. You say that it is right for me to love a woman. So I'm going to believe that's the best thing for me. You say it is right for me to, to care about Carol and to love Carol and to give her and, and to, to seek only her and not seek enjoyment and pleasure in anyone else. Okay, I want to do that. And when I, when I don't, when I, when I look at it and say, well, and when I'm looking for something else, I'm saying, God, I don't think your way is right anymore. I don't think your way is the best. There's no faith. There's no belief. There's no trust that God is God's right. There's other ways I look at better. Do you do what you do because that is right or displays God's rightness? Or do you do what you do because it displays your rightness? Or do we do it for our own glory or for God's glory? The reality is the default setting in my heart is to do it for my own glory. That is the default setting in my heart. I want to set up these rules, and I want to tell you what the rules are, and I want to follow these rules so you look at me and say, man, that guy's doing really good. That's, 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 that's my default setting. Instead of, instead of saying, you know what? I just want to do what God says. I want to bring my life to God's word and say, God, what do you, would you have me to live? How, what, what can I? Do? How can I bring you glory today? I'm sitting down in front of this. I'm sitting there with the, the TV remote in my hand. And say, God, what would give you glory right now? Instead of saying, Well, you know, there's nothing really wrong with that show. That's the wrong question. That's the wrong, that's the, the completely wrong question. The question is, God, what, 
how can I bring you glory right now at this moment? This is the man. This is the manifestation of God's rightnesses through faith. Not, I've got certain rules. I don't. I, it's not that I look at the 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 the, the movie thing and say, "Oh, it's got four cuss words." Oh, it's got that word. Oh, I, you know, no. You can't do that one. No, it's God. Does it bring you glory for me to watch this? No, then I'm not going to watch it. Does it bring you glory for me to be here? No, I'm not going to be there. As I said, the reality is I generally always seek my own glory. And that's what Paul says. Therefore, there is no distinction. We're all, we're all, whether we're talking about the world or we're talking about the church, there's no distinction anywhere. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and, and looking and failed to give God the glory He deserves. Failed to recognize God as glorious in everything. Failed to recognize that 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 God that this is the best way. So how do we live this out? How, how, how does how does how does Matt walk through faith to manifest God's glory? First question I would recommend us to ask is, is this important to us? Is this what we want? Do, do, do you want to manifest God's glory, manifest God's rightness? Do you want to show that? Do you want people to look at you and say, man, that person is really, gosh, they really believe that God knows the answer to everything. If you don't, that's the place to start. That, that step one, God changed my heart. Because I, I want this. And, and the, again, the reality is, if you didn't want it, I mean, you might, you might have wanted it yesterday, and today you woke up and, you know, you're probably more like me. I mean, yesterday I was, I was like, okay, how, God, how, what would I do to give you God's glory? And this morning I woke up, I'm running a little late, so I'm just going to go do my own thing and don't really care. I go back and say, God, Make me want to see your righteousness every day. And but then but then once God gives you that desire, then is that where you, is that your prayer? God, I, I don't I don't need to know the rules. I just want to know the right. I don't, I don't need to know all these rules. I just want to know what's what's right. How would, what would you have me to do here? Right now, today, and to walk and live in this daily communion with God. The reality is, again, as we know, the good news is that our justification, though, is by grace and it's a gift. We will never, ever, ever reach that point here on earth. But rejoice, because we don't have to. In God's sight, our, our righteousness is not about, my righteousness for God is not about what I do it's about what he's done. It's about what he has has accomplished. And that's our hope, and that's our comfort, and that's we rest in that. But I think at times, and, 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 and I could be wrong, I mean, I, but I feel like at times 
we, we've so we've so talked about it and we believe in it's all right and true that we are righteous for God because of the of the, the, the 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 what 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 Christ has done. But we're saying, but there is this this what does this look like in my life today that we sometimes kind of ignored? You know, we haven't really sat down and talked about that a lot. I think we that Paul would have us talk about both of them. And I think that's what happens so often, even when you think about the, this book. You know, so many people say, well, the, well, yeah, you know, chapters 1 through 8 is all about the gospel, but chapters, you know, 9, 10, 12, that's, that's about living out in the world. Well, I believe it's all about the gospel. It's all about salvation. What does it look like in the world? How does this gospel affect us and change us? And does it? I'm afraid if it doesn't, if it's not affecting our life, if it's not changing our lives, if we really don't believe that God is right, if we really don't believe that He is that that this is the right way, I have to conclude there's a good chance you're not lost. If you don't believe that God's right. If you don't believe that his that he's the best, I guess we all struggle, and we all struggle with this. But you know, I'm not saying if you sin, you're going to hell. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if if in your life you really really don't believe that that God's that there's a righteousness with God, there's a right way, there's there's rightness in God. That you look at the world and say, well, that world looks pretty good. Yeah, I know God's over here, but the world looks pretty good. I, I think I'm kind of comfortable over here in the world. So I think I'm going to stay here. I was pretty clear about that. You're not his. You're not his.